Hello everyone, welcome back to my show. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to let everyone know this is segment one of the relationship talk segment. Um, I'm really happy to be doing this. Had a lot of fun on the very first episode. More to come, okay? Uh, Also, things you should know, Crystal Clear episodes now drop on Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings. So if you go to bed before nine o'clock, Wednesday mornings, okay, Uh, look for us then. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. I might come back when the show is over. But other than that, if I don't, thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back to Crystal Clear, the podcast where clarity is the goal, clarity in life, clarity in choices, and just being totally clear with who I am and where I desire to be. Crystal Clear is my affirmation. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so guys, I've been working, I've been busy, and I, you know, been thinking a lot about what I want to bring to my show um, as I, you know, get ready to start bringing more content more consistently. And I decided that I should have a segment uh, devoted to relationship talk. But I got creative with this and I decided to ask somebody who I consider to be new on the scene. He's probably not. He's just new to me. (laughs) But I am like blown away by his perspective and his, you know, take on relationships, especially in the man's perspective, for the male's perspective. So I am welcoming Sean Heineman to my platform to visit as often as we have these relationship topics or I have them and want to discuss them because I don't want to be one-sided anymore. Okay. So say hello, Sean. Hello, everyone. I am happy to be a part of this and um, I'm glad that you, you know, asked me to be a part of this. So I'm, I'm ex- excited about this episode and uh, it's going to really be good from a male and, and female perspective. Right, right, right. So, guys, um, I will try to, you know, if you're listening, hoping, hopefully I've added something before this to kind of explain it more. But just in case, you know, I decided that this was a good idea to just, you know, have a conversation uh, regarding relationships with uh, somebody who actually is comfortable talking about relationships. There's tons of people out that talk about tons of things, but I feel like everybody isn't like well-versed in regards and relationships. And Sean Heidemann, he has a uh, a show on YouTube called Scary to Remarry. He also posts uh, videos on Instagram. And I just really felt like his in-depth conversations about, you know, the topics was just like a good fit for what I was looking for. So that's why I asked him and I'm so happy he accepted because now I'm extremely excited about giving you like you know a segment about relationship where it's not just me and my opinions and my thoughts and my experiences so whoo thank you thank you thank you for accepting Sean (laughs) no problem let's do this I'm excited okay so the first thing that um I decided to talk about for this first episode is uh radical honesty versus over communicating and so just at a glance, Sean, like, what do you see? Like, what do you see that's like versus, uh, battling each other? Like, how do you see that? 
the radical honesty is it can be challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it depends on who you're with, you know, because everybody's situations are different. Everybody's relationships are different. And if you can't handle that kind of honesty where there's like no yellow tape and you can just say what you want, I think it kind of takes a special person mm. to, uh, to have in a relationship because some people they can they can take the heat some people Mm -hmm. can accept criticism but other people you have to walk on eggshells and those are the people that you have to be careful with yeah okay i see that so for me when i hear radical honesty i hear like the person who is just like going to spill the beans on you know everything that they encountered in the day and every thought that you know was inspired by the action like if if they so much as you know uh got spoke to by another woman they're bringing that up you know like like they're just really honest like say for instance if i was lacking in a particular area they would tell me because they're concerned with our relationship and they just want me to know where they are mentally that's what i think about uh radical honesty i feel like it's just like not necessarily them being blunt and just saying whatever they want to say, it's more like them being very vocal about their experience with me. You understand? Mm, so that's, that's, that's what I think radical honesty is. And I don't know for certain if that's exactly what they mean, but that's how I perceive it to what I perceive it to be. And then there's the overcommunication of it all. So how do you feel about overcommunication? What do you think that is? I thought the overcommunication was really interesting because I never heard it from that perspective when I was reading the article mm-hmm. and they talk and they they talked about how there could be situations where or there could be conversations that's being had that the other person isn't quite particularly into. Right. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I think this is important in relationships because even when I talk to my wife and I, me and her, we read a lot of books together. And mm-hmm. I think if there is something that that maybe you're not interested in if you can pick a a book that you both can read together Mm -hmm. then I think that's when you can really get a lot of stimulating conversation because you all have this common goal in mind right 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 so uh for me what the first time I've heard over communication was when I was at work uh, about a year ago and my coworker was talking about like trying to prevent over communication with her spouse because she felt like um you know he's busy we get home he's tired I try not to over communicate and it sounds like she just tried to make sure she limited her words you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. hey honey how you doing you good all right go do what you do you know just to you know kind of let him get relaxed into his day if there's any issues she's gonna wait for a different time it's just like she just feels like a lot of words a lot of interaction is not healthy for her particular relationship and that's what I took from over communication but like you said when reading the article you realize over communication is more than just um talking too much um it's really it's really you know kind of revisiting a particular topic over and over when the person is basically giving you their response with their non-response like are their none change like they're they're basically telling you like I don't I'm not moved by anything you're saying in regards to this. And so you bringing it up all the time is over communicating. Mm. So I was like, wow. Cause I didn't, I had no clue. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, just reading articles about, you know, communication types and different things like that. I feel like is very good, you know, especially if you're in a relationship, but 
for radical honesty to be versus over communication, I feel like, okay, if you're somebody trying to figure out, like, where do I gauge my communication? Like, say, for instance, there has been, like, um, some kind of uh, issue in a relationship, right, where communication is on the line, where it's needed more, right? Mm-hmm. How how does that person um, figure out, like, what 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 level of communication is important? Like, am I being extremely uh, communicative? And I am I telling them everything, or am I just telling them what I'm gonna do? Like, it's like, how do you know what is what? Like, how do you balance communication when mm-hmm. there's an issue? I think, and I think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm going to talk about this in a video of mine. I think I'm going to talk about the the initiator, and I think mm-hmm. the initiator is the person who takes the time to ask the other person. How are they doing? I think you kind of have to warm people up mm-hmm. um, to get them interested in something that you might have on your mind. So the initiator asks them, how is your day going? How are you? It's all about the other person. It has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And you and you let them talk. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can start to have these conversations about things that you want to address. But you want to make sure that they're in a comfortable place where they feel mm-hmm. like they can communicate to you. And and the catch to it is your phone has to be down. Put your mm-hmm. phone in your pocket, uh, put it in the other room, things of that nature where you're giving them your undivided attention so they feel like they're being heard. And even if you have to repeat back to them what they're saying to you, or you can say, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. like allow them to express whatever's on their heart. And then that's when you can really open the door to good communication. Right. Right. I do. I do see that. I think, I think that's important. I feel like it's really hard right now to, uh, you know, get that communication without that phone. Right. <laughs> like that is the challenge. That's challenge number one. And it, I don't, you know, at this point I don't take it personal, but I feel like, um, it's kind of like if you really need that, like I've I've talked about it before on my other show, Random Opinions. I feel like when like there's something wrong, the person who's mad, they're going to be picking on the fact that the other person is on the phone, right? Like you have your phone because like the their need is there, right? They're upset and they want to talk. And so they want to make sure like they have your full attention because mm-hmm. they're angry. And now they're going to pick on you because your phone's in your face. You're not trying to hear me, blah, 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 blah. Right. But right. if it was the, the shoe was on the other foot, they would be getting picked on because they had their phone. And so it's kind of like understanding, like when, if you feel like you really, really need to talk and, and you've waited to this point of frustration and, you know, now the phone is a problem, I guess you should say we need to talk and let's not have our phones, <laughs> you know, yeah, nearby. So we can try really hard to focus on each other because, you know, your phone may vibrate or do anything and you look at it for a second, but it doesn't mean you're not listening or engaged to the, in the conversation. So I really think, you know, that type of stuff, you have to kind of be intentional and try to help the other person prepare for that conversation if it's going to be that intense. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it could be normal not to have your phone at all, but I'm that's that's weird <laughs> for and, me. Yeah, and that's like you said, even that's, even that's communicating, like you said, to make it a point for us not to have our phones. Mm-hmm. Like, actually communicate that, can we put our phones down for a minute? and converse mm-hmm. so i think that's a, that's a form of communication as well so that way you know we having this conversation this is you and i this isn't you i and facebook you know and right so um because i because some people they 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 desire that that uh 
individual, like they need that conversation piece where there's no third party involved. Um, and I even try to give people that respect as well yeah. to put my phone away when I'm talking to someone. And I'm even starting to implement now where I'm working on <clears throat> not bringing my phone in the bedroom when it's time for us to go to bed at night. Yeah. Well, I recently heard something that um, basically your body can sense any light in the room. Like your body can, not mm. not your eyes. Your body can pick up any light in the room. So whether that's um, like a, a outdoor light, a street light that's, you know, peering through your window or if it's like the glow from your phone because it, you know, is reminding you or whatever, like something's going on, like a little vibration. If your phone comes on, your body picks that up, whether you realize it or not. And I'm like, oh, really? Wow. That's interesting. Very interesting. So um, also while reading the article I read, I'll put all that stuff in the info tab. But I learned, I didn't know this. I, you might have. I didn't. I'm not ashamed to say. I didn't know that truthful, uh, I didn't know that being honest and being truthful wasn't the same thing. I didn't know. Yeah, me, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. I was like, oh, really now? Okay, I am learning something today. So this, I was, while looking up more resources for like resources for radical honesty, I found that honesty and truthfulness are not the same thing. Being honest means not telling lies. Being truthful means actively making known all the truth of a matter. If someone knowingly says something that isn't true, they are telling a lie. But if they unknowingly say something that isn't true, they are being honest. So I was blown away. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, I pride myself in being honest, but I always meant being truthful. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I've meant. But apparently, you know, goodness, you got to be clear because they're <laughs> not the same. <laughs> so just knowing that, like, what do you feel your approach is? Or most like most times, because like both of them are fairly you're giving information. You're not intent. You're not just you know blatantly lying. You're you're being honest. So what do you think your style is mostly? Oh, that's a good one. I think uh, I think it depends on the conversation. To be quite honest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you being honest or truthful right now? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm I'm being I'm being uh, honest. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest right now. I think it, it it depends on the conversation. And and I know I keep going back to this, but I think it depends on who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, and this is just me, sometimes I feel that you you can be truthful, but mm -hmm. some people almost like you know, like the whole the old adage says, like you can't handle the truth, you know? Right. Because some people have a tendency to maybe hold that against you if you're being truthful about something. And and they can kind of use that against you, you know, later. Yeah. Okay, so I get it. Like, you know, the truth is, you know, an issue because you have to worry about how it's received, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So in my mind, I just imagine it being extremely stressful to have to tiptoe around somebody all the time, especially if it's your partner, you know, mm -hmm. like if you if you know that this person can't handle the truth, yet, you know, it's important to tell the truth. I can see you being stressed often. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially mm -hmm. if, you know, it's, you know, imperative for the relationship. So I don't I feel like that's stressful. Like how 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 do you handle a relationship where you can't be honest? Like and I feel like I feel like now I could be wrong. And this is where you come in. 
I feel like men have this idea, this preconceived notion that the truth will be hurtful to a woman. Therefore, they just go to the lie. And it's and it's not can't even be honest at that point. It's not honesty and it's not truthfulness. It's a lie because at that point they're trying to protect. Is that is that like a, a am I making that up? <laughs> no, no, you know what? I no, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I think sometimes, and this isn't all men. Right, of course. I, I do believe that it is a lot, a lot of men. And I do believe that there are some things that you just have to straight up be honest about, you know, where you mm-hmm. like, look, we need to have this conversation. But I do believe that men, we have a tendency to dance around the truth in fear of uh, how it might be perceived. Or mm-hmm. I think, I, you know what, Crystal? I think as men, we feel that we already have a strike against us. And when I say a strike against us, I mean that the the preconceived notion that like most men are f boys and all these other things that just by default people think of men in this bad space. Mm-hmm. You know, you all you hear more negative things than positive things about men. So if we tell you something that may be negative, we kind of struggling with should I actually tell them this because I already have a strike against me. Hmm. If that makes sense, you know, so it's like we would always try to paint ourselves in the best light because I feel as men, I feel we aren't allowed to make mistakes or we aren't allowed to be as honest because Mm -hmm. it's like, see, I knew it was true or I knew this was, you know, real about men or I knew it's almost like we can't almost be ourselves. Like we almost have to be flawless in order to be. Uh, received. Res- yeah, received. Yep. Okay. Um. So for me, uh, I, I always struggle with that because I, I do know, I do know it's a real thing for someone, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a lot of reasonable women out there, and I feel like a lot of those women are not expecting perfection from their uh their loved ones. You know, mm-hmm. the people that they choose to you know love, even married, they're not expecting perfection, and so sometimes the honesty is just like vulnerability like i understand mm-hmm. like you have something to protect and you know you have a name to uphold and you know you're worried about you know if this one lie is going to ruin everything but i feel like just being honest and like risking it and just you know letting her in on an experience is important now i know it doesn't always go over well right so <laughs> i would just like just like your post today that says you know uh live your life in a way so the uh the pastor don't have to lie at your funeral, right? <laughs> right. So in the same sense, like, like live your life in a certain way to where you don't you don't you're not always putting yourself in position to disappoint this woman, right? Mm. Or whomever. Like live your life in such a way because you know how you feel when there's a truth that needs to be told, you know? Mm. And you don't and you're regretting it. So that's my thing, like just like do what you need to do, but like when when it's necessary, instead of getting scared and worried, just like assume the best. It is. I mean, it's not going to always work out the way you want it to, but it doesn't mean it's going to be over, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you're honest, you kind of you you kind of because women. I feel like women look at it like this: we're honest, right? We're emotional, right? We tell you what we want, what we what we got going on. We try to express our feelings, and that's not every woman, but that's most of them. And as far as I'm concerned, and we try to be up, as upfront as possible, mm-hmm. but like if the man is the exact opposite, you know, it's building an expectation for himself that he might not want to live up to. 
I feel like if he feels like he can't be as open, lending to the idea that he has to be something that he's not and he has to be perfect. So if he's, uh, you know, vulnerable and tells the truth more often, maybe the woman will relate to him. Because, you know, women feel all the time like these issues with, you know, lacking perfection and, you know, believing that there's something going on with us if something's going on with our uh, spouse or loved one, you know? So, like, sometimes just that that um, that conversation or that, you know, vulnerability in talking about what's going on will, like, shed light on some of the things she's might she may have been feeling and, you know, being worried about. And he's now being open and now she can relate to him and maybe you know what she was feeling weird about is just like what he's telling her now so bam like it wasn't an issue you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i feel like the dishonesty creates issues <laughs> no you're right you're right and I, I think too that it i think it boils down to past experiences too right I think sometimes it's past experiences because somebody can be struggling with say a past relationship that they haven't totally healed from Mm -hmm. or at least they thought they healed and then you're in another relationship and say that there might be a similar issue Mm -hmm. from the past relationship that might be a trigger for her right you know that might be a trigger so you know and I do believe in honestly I do believe in telling the truth and things of that nature I think sometimes that guys I think we and depending on the situation I'm not saying like if you out here cheating and all this other stuff, you should, like, <laughs> I'm, like that's a that's a whole different story, right? But just the and I I just wanted to put that out there just in case you know so somebody might be listening, but right. I, I do think it is best to just I you know honesty is the best policy, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, it might not always go the way you want it to, but at least you got it out there, at least you put it out there for for y'all to deal with and, and mm-hmm. then have a good. Um, communication have good communication about how we're going to deal with it and how we're going to overcome this situation mm-hmm. right i agree uh 100 so you kind of talked about this already but how would you say you take honest criticism oh for me this is something i had to grow into okay Honestly, like this is this is this is took years of maturity to accept Mm. criticism and now i'm at a place where i think you have to for me i'm i'm okay with criticism but i have i have i think you need to know what place are they coming from like do you really believe this person have your best interest Mm -hmm. um and like back to trust do Mm -hmm. you trust what this person is telling you without them without you thinking that they're trying to tear you down right Uh, and once i got to that place for my wife and I, when she's telling me, because she's brutally honest about everything. Right. <laughs> so I'm at we, a place where me neither. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I can, I can receive it because now when we first got married, it was just like eh, I'm trying to figure out what angle she's taking. But I know she mm-hmm. has my best interest. So mm-hmm. when she do tell me something, I don't need to tighten up. I don't look at her as she coming for me, you know? Right. I'm like, okay, well, let me tighten that up. It kind of suck at first because nobody likes being called on the carpet. Yeah. But if you're willing to receive it, I believe is I believe it makes you better. Right. And so that was something that I also had to learn. I feel like if you're constantly getting like bent out of shape because your uh, partner is calling you out on, you know, calling you out on the carpet and bringing up like your issues and 
criticizing you constructively and if you're always bent out of shape, I feel like maybe there is something that needs to be aligned in regards to how you feel like they, you know, feel about you, right? Because I feel like if if you if you understand them to be someone who loves you, that cares about you, you kind of, you really have no room to be, to be in this idea that they are attacking you or just being mean to you or just, you know, looking for things to pick on, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, if this, if you truly believe this is somebody who loves you, then why is that your first mind, right? So it's kind of like, just like a little, you know, a step to like think like, okay, you know, this is probably, come, like you said, it's coming from a genuine place. Like, this is something that they're experiencing with me. I don't notice it for myself because I'm me, but, you know, you know, like they're noticing it. So this is something I should probably, you know, look into without, you know, getting mad. So I really feel like it's something, it's something that would come with time. It's not there automatically. Absolutely not. I feel like, especially when you're getting to know somebody, um, there's going to be some adjustment to taking criticism because you don't, you don't really know. Like, you know, once you, you know, once the, the love, the blind love aspect of the relationship is gone and y'all get to that point to where y'all can be honest, brutally honest, even it does take some time to kind of adjust from, we loved everything about each other too. Okay. Now, (laughs) now, now we have issues. Now we have pet peeves, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, so. I think that's I think that's uh is is key that you know who who you're dealing with um in relate in a in a relationship with because some people like I don't I don't think people come for you you know originally just you know for no apparent reason but sometimes I do believe that people some people can be negative. Mm-hmm. And they're always into the negative aspect of things. So whatever they tell you, it's just like, oh, here you come with all this negativity, you know, or you just trying to tear me down because there's some people that just, I hate to say it, but they, they might not be too in love with themselves. And they're mm-hmm. always trying to point out the the worst part of you. And you like, do you always have to be negative? Mm. You know, so that's that's why I say that because you have to come from a place of love and uh, when you love yourself and you know that they have your best interest I think that's when you're a little more open to accepting um accepting that criticism constructive criticism right 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 okay do you or would you ever consider yourself as somebody who over communicated no I sucked that communication for a long time um and I think that was because I felt like I wasn't being heard. Mm. So I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, you're not going to hear me anyway. So what's the use of me saying anything? So I was shut down. I would, I was big on stonewalling. Like I would just shut down. <laughs> okay. Listen, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just funny. Like, I mean, I don't know what I would do. Okay. So listen. <laughs> So I feel like they talked about you in particular in one of the articles mm-hmm. where, you know, as somebody, it's probably over communicating or you could have been the person you could have been over communicating, feeling mm-hmm. like you weren't good at communicating. You could have been the over communicator because you got to the point to where you felt like you weren't hurt at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so because they weren't responding to what you were saying or you weren't getting a reaction that you thought would be uh, necessary for somebody who heard you and listened. 
right? Yeah. You just like, you know what? They're not listening. I'm going to stop talking, right? Yeah. And so maybe you are a victim of over-communicating at that time when you were experiencing that because, I mean, that's exactly what they said. Like, you kind of, you have to get to the point to where you're not, like, talking about this thing because the people are telling you. If the none change, the, you know, the, you having to repeat it over and over, they're telling you already, like, I don't care about what you're saying in regards to this. It doesn't matter to me. I, this is what it is. You like it, deal with it. You don't, you don't, you know, I feel like, and we just don't accept that as an answer because we don't like it. And of course we would love to, you know, get this one thing, you know, together so we can actually, you know, have the relationship, but it's always more than that. And it's like, you either have to, you know, not talk about it, but I don't know if stonewalling is the answer or just change your approach. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't no, know. No, stonewalling isn't the answer for sure. <laughs> I, that, that hasn't but, gotten me anywhere. But it, it seemed to be in line with like not having that particular conversation. Like, okay, we're not talking at all. So that conversation won't be had, <laughs> you know, you would just like mm-hmm. shut down all forms of communication. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's yeah. funny to me. I mean, but we all do it. Like, um, like every, everybody does it. You know, it might not all, it might not look like silence for everybody, but we all do it. Like we might, you know, just like for me, for me personally, cause I don't mind. Um, like I understood that, you know, me and my husband, when we talked about like employment, as far as like how I felt about a job or whatever, those conversations never went well because there's this fear in him that if I don't like a job, I'm just going to quit. Right. So, <laughs> so he's afraid of that ultimately. So if I ever have complaints, he's like, oh man, she's not happy. She's going to quit. <laughs> so I just don't talk about it to him. Cause I don't want him to give me like these nervous responses. Like if I have, if I really need advice about work, I can't present it as a problem. I have to present it like, like a strategy. Like, let's just have a conversation about what to think in this situation. Not like, oh, I'm complaining. I don't like this place. Some people don't like me. I don't like them. You know, you can't do that. You know, you have to present it differently. So either I present it differently or I don't talk to him about that because I understand he doesn't, it's a trigger for him, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So I, I just know how to avoid it, right? But it's like, you still want them to be involved, but you understand because it's not necessarily tiptoeing. It's just being informed about your partner and what and how they look at stuff because they've experienced you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, like you said, they, they had that experience with mm-hmm. you. Um, so uh, the stakes are higher, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's you and, 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 and your spouse. Um, but no, I, I understand because even when I, when I got married uh, the second time around, I realized how important communication was and, Sometimes you don't get the response that that you want, but mm-hmm. I've learned over time that, you know, I've, I've taken the time to say, I need to talk because sometimes you can be in the middle of doing things and you want to talk about a serious situation mm-hmm. that that's serious to you, I would say. Right. And, you know, but y'all might be cooking or washing dishes or taking care of the kids and you having this serious conversation, but y'all doing a bunch of other things. It might not go over well. Right. Because they're not fully engaged because, you know, so what I've learned is for well, at least what works for me when I feel like I'm being heard is I'll tell my wife, I say, we need to talk. So let's can we go in a room for a minute? So now once I set that atmosphere, she she understands this is important to me. So now her ears are perked. Right. Right. To just talking and passing, you know. 
Right. And so one of the the things that was listed in one of the articles, they said that communication is deliberate and not impulsive. So if you do just bring like we need to talk, you know, like the dreaded words we need to talk like in the middle of the day out of nowhere, of course, you're going to trigger somebody into thinking something is wrong. Right. It's just it's you. You can't work yourself around it like that is like if you want to alarm somebody say we need to talk out of nowhere out of the blue so it can't just it can't be impulsive like that you can't just like be panicked about something and decide a conversation is necessary right now to calm me down because that's inconsiderate you know and you know i feel like um a lot of this is you just learn in time right Mm -hmm. like i feel like you gotta know yourself in a lot of this stuff like you kind of have to figure yourself out like for me as a young woman before being married, I had to figure out that, you know, I was a little irrational <laughs> when it came to like expectations, um, you know, from, you know, certain situations, just kind of irrational. And I, I had to learn how to talk myself down, you know, so I wouldn't, you know, losing out on good people because I was obviously crazy. So I had to uh, <laughs> learn how to talk myself down like Chris, that's irrational. Don't make any it's, sense. Like, why would you call with that? You know, like, you know, like, talk <laughs> yourself down, work, you know, calm your nerves and just move on. And then you just, you get to have healthy relationships when you are, you know, displaying healthy, you know, uh, attributes. Like, when you just, when you're, when you come off as healthy, you get to have, you get to be around healthy people. But like, you gotta be, you, you have to know yourself, right? And mm-hmm. so I feel like a lot of people just lack that. You know, they just, they just run with every thought they have. You know, and it's like that can't do it. Yeah, you know, and and when I heard you talking, let me ask you this: How do you feel from a woman's perspective? Because when a man, when a woman says to a man, "We need to talk," we thinking, "Oh boy." Mm-hmm. How do women take that when a man says that to you? How how do women perceive that? Do they perceive it the same way? Yeah, or or maybe one thing like not "oh boy," like "oh it's over." You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> It's over. Like he he won't talk to me because he want to break up. That's what it is, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's that's me. That might be personal or whatever. But like that's what I would take from it. Like a random. We need to talk. Or you know, for me now, currently, it would be like some bills. You know. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be something serious that I don't really want to talk about spending. You know, stuff like that. Like that'll be the talk. But hopefully, that's not something we need to sit down and talk about. He could just say that. You know, like for me. Just say mm-hmm. it. Like, just say, oh, I don't want you to spend money. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to pay some bills for, like, the next two months, and then I'm going to go back to spending. You know? <laughs> you know? It's just a workaround. But, yeah. So, it's that type of thing. We we get panicked, too, when we hear that. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and, so, and I honestly feel like it's a button pusher at this point. Mm-hmm. So, if he mad about something like that's what you say and I, and I feel like women do it too so we it's a button pusher it's just to trigger alarm yep that's mm-hmm. what I think um another thing uh in forms of communication and having great communication uh bustle listed uh it does not involve making assumptions so I think this is common where when people are trying to have a conversation whether it's like uh, resolving an issue or just, you know, talking in general about experience, not to um, make assumptions. Because, like, if you do that, you know, you're creating an issue that's not really there, right? So if like they tell you something about their childhood, 
like and for you to just jump to the conclusion oh we're gonna have to worry about this in the future blah 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 blah, blah. you know like you made that assumption and it's like something y'all could have had to talk about 10 years ago but you've carried it because you made that assumption from that conversation and then y'all like y'all have children and and you're doing something a certain way and they're like why are you doing this oh because you you know <laughs> you, you know you had this issue uh with your mom so i figured and it's just like no no connection where'd you get that from and then you got to go back 10 years about this conversation and you made an assumption back then and it's like okay no nah, that wasn't it but okay thank you for listening and remembering and applying trying to yeah how do we but how and, and this is really good because i think this is a topic within itself how do you not make assumptions now don't get me wrong i i totally agree with it because like you said you're carrying almost like access baggage because you don't mm-hmm. know what that person is going to say and everyone is different mm-hmm. but do you think it just comes from past hurt or past relationships based on people reactions to when you tell them things yeah i mean i just i think it comes it's natural to assume right Mm -hmm. but instead of running with that assumption that pops up in your head when somebody tells you something you can use that assumption to like ask a question right Mm -hmm. so so like as soon as if i think something uh and i like say for instance just in general like if i know somebody was in a bad relationship and they struggle with trust um i'm not if i jump if my mind says okay so how are they gonna feel about you know, friends of the opposite sex, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like you would safely assume that they wouldn't like that, but I feel like instead of safely assuming that, you can ask, you know, like, okay, when you say that, the first thing that jumps to my mind is, like, you would have an issue with me having male friends. Is that the case? You know? Instead mm-hmm. of just running with that thought and, you know, avoiding the opposite sex at all costs, mm-hmm. right? So it just depends. I feel like you're gonna you're gonna do it, but you can use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's good because I think you can have open. Con- I think the conversation piece can even be better when you don't make assumptions mm-hmm. because it gives that person the freedom to 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 say what's on their heart. Right, and then that goes into the judgment area of it. So if you're gonna be judgmental, you could just forget about open communication going forward. Because mm-hmm. the moment you're judgmental, they're they're you're you're just locking the doors for them, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you you just like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm gonna shut up. Like, I'm not gonna say nothing else because you can't handle this tidbit. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. You understand? You know. So it's a real thing. You got to be careful if you want if you want to be in a relationship and you want this to be an open relationship. You almost got to sit there like a therapist or some sort and just you know nod and you know uh huh. Really? And just remain interested just so you can, you know, know this person on that level. But as soon as you start interjecting, like, you know, judgment and, you know, you know, assumptions and stuff like you're kind of you're kind of making them uneasy, especially if there's somebody that's hard to open up anyway. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily know that going in. So let, so let me ask you about judgment, because do you think judgment is based on um because sometimes I feel like it's hard not to be judgmental sometimes. Is it is it based on something that like you haven't dealt with? So example would be um would I be judgmental? Just say I'm just throwing pets out there, just using that as an example, say pets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh you say, can we get a dog for the house? 
And I'm like, no. Then am I being judgmental because like I just don't like pets or I've had I've had a bad experience with pets? Like is is that being judgmental or no? Uh... If that makes sense. Like I'm just trying to understand being judgmental because I think we're all judgmental to a degree. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we are, but I feel like there's different levels of being judgmental. Mm. Uh, I feel like to, you know, okay. So when somebody tells you they're a cheater, or not that they're a cheater, no, of course not. If somebody tells you that they have cheated in the past, right? Mm. Okay. And then because of that, you just feel like inevitably once a cheater, always a cheater, and they're going to eventually cheat on you. That's judgment, right? Gotcha. Right. Okay. And you're not going to give them the opportunity to, you know, you know, live it out differently. And you are going to question their every action because you you're judging them. And you might even say when they opened up and tell you that they had that in their past. Oh, okay, I know what kind of person you are. You know, like you, you might you. be joking, but you, it, it might not feel like a joke, especially if they're trying to turn a new leaf, right? Mm. So, that's that's the best example of judgment I could give. Mm. Like no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I got you. Mm-hmm. So let's see where else are we going in this conversation? All right. So what else? What else? Okay. Do you feel like? every detail is necessary when when maybe there's an issue like if something's wrong and you're trying to clear something up do you feel like every detail is necessary yeah i didn't believe this in the past but i i believe now i think in order to get clarity about a situation you need to just put it out there yeah i think everything is i think you have to tell everything okay just so that way there's no you know some parts that was left out that really might be instrumental in in the reason why they're telling you this i think you just have to be you have to just let it fly and, and, and tell everything all right all right um okay next question is what do you think like and that's worked for you. What do you think would be like best practices um, for communication? Best practices. Best practices would be, I believe, undivided attention. Mm-hmm. I believe that works for me. Uh, phones down, and let's communicate. Mm-hmm. Phones down. Let's mm-hmm. let's <laughs> let's put that out there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the engagement i think you know maybe repeating the question or asking questions i think that's important too mm-hmm. how, how does how does that make you feel or uh, how are you feeling right now um I, I think those things are really important so that way you can get the the full mm-hmm. conversation when you're talking to someone um about what's going on with them when you ask those questions and then you know you giving them that place to be to talk to you you allowing them to give give you all the necessary information, you know, for some reason where you're trying to get an agreement. 
Um, but I think it's important just to give them that that comfortability, that space where they can talk to you um, without feeling judgmental. Right, right, right. Okay. I, I agree. I think those are some good best practices. So for me, I feel like communication is works out best for me when um, I bring it up when I, as soon as I feel the issue, right? Like bring it up right away. Uh, instead of like sleeping on it. Because mm. I, 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 you know, I prefer to do it that way. Like it, it's not important right now, right? But then the offender will be like, why you didn't bring it up when it happened? Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then I know exactly what I did, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that. Uh, I think um, the, the not being judgmental, not the not assuming part, for me especially works because the the way assuming works for me is that I assume I already know and what they're trying to tell me I'm not receiving because I already know right mm-hmm. and it, it it involved me not actually taking their communication for what it was like I'm asking questions I'm trying to you know you know see fill them out or whatever but at the same time I've already you know ran with my own assumptions so I'm not really hearing what they have to say so it, does, it really doesn't matter at that point, even though I am engaging them in conversation, right? That's good. Yeah. So that's that, hearing what they're saying and letting it be what they said. Um, and another part of communication that I think is important is, you know, just making time for it, period. Mm-hmm. Like, in general, like, if there's nothing to talk about, like, if there's no issues and you're just talking, just making time to communicate, because I feel like that's important. And I feel like communication... Um, on the level of like where you just get to like kind of not vent, but like just talk about the things, the places your mind go. Um, mm-hmm. it's like a wonderful thing. It's like a it's like a date for me, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. you know, I can tell my husband is extremely entertained because he's like, I just don't do it that way, you know. Like he he he's not like me, so he 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 he's generally amused while where my mind goes. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's fun to kind of have him over there looking at me sideways. Like, where are you getting this? Um, And just, you know, just making time for communication and just, you know, get it. Because I feel like no matter how long you've been together, you're always getting to know each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You never have nobody fully figured out. Never, never, never. Because I feel like people are ever changing as well. So, like, even if you think you know them, you you still you probably don't know the the person that they're becoming Mm -hmm. as they continue to live because we're always changing. So. That was that. So that was uh, the conversation. Radical honesty versus overcommunication. And it just seems like it's not the same thing. It's fairly different, but you got to be careful. Like, you, you would love to be able to tell everybody 100% everything, but do they need it? Do they need it? Do they want it? That's mm-hmm. it. Do they want it? If you want to give it, you got to make sure they want it in return. You know? Like, because mm-hmm. if they're not responding the way you want them to respond, it's probably because you're looking for something in particular and they're basically rejecting that. Right. Mm. And you have to accept that rejection, you know, like they don't, they're not going to always see it your way, you know, and it's not always a conversation because they don't see it your way. Like sometimes you can take the subtle cues and, you know, run with those, you know, because they're telling you after a while, instead of like shutting down and getting mad, just confirm, Hey, are you tired of me talking about this? Are you not going to (laughs) change? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> We're good. I understand. You know, like <laughs> That's real. For real. 
for real like just clarify what you've come what, what the context clues have given you like come on like they're telling you but they're not saying it but they're telling you so I just think it's it's just fun, um, a fun conversation, but a, a serious conversation because communication is a huge thing. But one of those articles we read, you know, argues that sometimes communications, communication is not that huge. Like if you have somebody who is not big on verbal communication and you're you're making it a big deal when it's just like a stri- a weakness that you're like overlooking, it could be a problem. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I, I just real quick, I would say one thing that uh, my wife and I do when we go, we go walking in the morning Ooh. and, um, I think it's, you know, we go walk for about 30 minutes in the neighborhood and we're able to just talk about whatever, you know, how was your night? You know, how was your day? Just all kind of different things. And it just gives us the space to, um, just say whatever's on our mind, you know, without mm-hmm. it being too heavy, you know, we just, mm-hmm. Just having this, we just talking, we just engaging, you know, just checking up on each other, seeing how we doing. I think that's something that helps us as well. It's almost like a form of intimacy. Yes. Um, because we're allowed to just be in a moment and be human, if you will. So mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think that's good too, because y'all also getting some physical activity in there as yeah. well. Like I think that's really good. A great way to start your day. Like I think mm-hmm. that's amazing. Um, I, I really am um intrigued because I know y'all got some young kids up in there and i'm really just trying to figure out child dynamic right now because i know <laughs> it's challenging like little kids are challenging yeah well we send them to daycare so oh, okay so yeah. is that like y'all y'all get them to daycare and then take a walk yeah we take them to daycare and we go for a walk so uh, i work nights she work you know from home so uh gives us some time you know a couple minutes to ourselves well that 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 works out that works out it really really it does like that's impressive um Lord, all I know, I, I only have one little, uh, one girl, she's, you know, six years old at this point, but her baby version of her, like, changed my life, and um, almost forever. <laughs> I just didn't know what to expect. So, yeah, so, I mean, children, if you figure out how to work it, then, like, y'all have, like, you're doing really, really good, but that's a whole nother conversation, like, yeah. children and relationships, and we'll probably go there. But until next time, guys, that's what we have for you this time. Thank you for listening. Do you want to tell them how to find you outside of this conversation, this segment? Yes. Uh, Thanks again for having me as a co-host. I appreciate it. Uh, You can find me, Sean Heineman, on Instagram at uh, It's Scary to Remarry. It's It's underscore scary underscore two underscore remarry um but if you just type it in you'll be able to find it and then you can find me on youtube as well as it's scary to remarry so you can find me there and subscribe to um the brave hearts community and i'm excited the community is growing so yeah thanks for this opportunity crystal absolutely